Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Hey, this is Michael Rosenbaum, uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville, The Flash, and the Justice League, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. I am here, returning, on this episode of Geek Vibes Live. Uh, If you don't know my name, it's Dane. Uh, I rant uh, from time to time. I didn't mean to do all that as one big rhyme, but it just worked out that way. But uh, we have another fresh face episode of Geek Vibes Live for you guys tonight. And I'm very happy to be, uh, after my little vacation to uh, Boston, Boston, Massachusetts, to be exact, um, to be back on the show and talk about movies. But, of course, it's not just me. Let me introduce my co-host. Of course, coming from the land uh, that is called Tennessee, the one, the only, Kanan, uh, Kevin, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, despite the fact that uh, the Vols uh, stunk it up against the Gators. The Titans beat Jacksonville, so it, it's a it's a win win for uh, for us this weekend. So other than that, uh, I'm doing good. Wouldn't that be a lose win? Yeah. No, because we got we got he's trying uh, he's got trying to keep against the of, state uh, of Florida. <laughs> well, um, you know, I don't know much about that. All I know is apparently around my part, some bird died today or some shit like that. I, I have no clue. So maybe Nick <laughs> knows a little bit more about that whole entire thing. But, uh, of course, uh, my fellow Georgian, if you will, uh, Mr. Nick, I can't do Saturdays because the Bulldogs play Smith. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm, I'm great. The Dogs won yesterday. Braves uh, clinched the uh, NL East. So that was pretty awesome. Falcons did lose in overtime today to the Aints, uh, but you know um, that that you know I'm not as big into uh, pro football as I am college, so it's not the end of the world. It does suck, however, to lose to the Saints. Um, they are definitely my most hated team in the NFL. But obladi uh, obladi, life goes on. Let's talk some geek shit. I agree with you, and, and it seems like uh, you know uh, Rick from Rick and Morty also agrees with you. So let's let's go on to some geek stuff, guys. Uh, first uh, thing of news that we should definitely talk about. So get a new look at Joaquin Phoenix as uh, possibly, I guess you could say, the Joker. Uh, why I'm saying possibly is because we don't know really what goes within the film. If this be from some type of vision that he has in the course of the movie, uh, something later. We don't know where it happens. All we know is that 
director Todd Phillips was getting aggravated that paparazzi were taking pictures on set, so he sh- took a couple of pictures himself to, you know, uh, put out there within the media uh, that were his, uh, you know, his own, if you will, the ones that were much better. And uh, I have to say that I think for the most part, uh, people's perception on it are, is very positive. Um, I think that people are definitely liking it. Uh, I can see the complaints uh, to an extent with the fact that the makeup, who ha- it has somewhat of a John Wayne Gacy look to it, uh, that, that and the eyebrows don't really need to be there. Boss Logic actually went ahead and did it up the uh, quote-unquote correct way, but that seems like to be the only small, uh, you know, annoyance um, of the makeup itself. Uh, you know, to me, his look, uh, you know, even as Arthur beforehand uh, with the original pictures that we saw pre-makeup um, and Joker outfit, uh, it seems to me that this is kind of a combination of a little bit of Jack Nicholson a little bit of Cesar Romero and a lot of Heath Ledger within this Joker incarnation. So the question I have for you guys, uh, Nick, starting with you, do you mm-hmm. think that this is actually the final version of Joker that we're going to see, or this comes maybe from something that happens within the film? And also what is your take on the makeup itself and the look of Arthur, AKA the Joker and Todd Phillips Joker film coming out? Well, I mean, I think it looks awesome. Like, I think it looks really cool. Um, the only thing that kind of threw me off was the red suit. Uh, it, you know, like a, like a, I guess a maroonish color suit instead of a purple suit. Um, but I mean, I don't think this is at all the final incarnation of what we're going to see. I mean, obviously, this is going to be, uh, you know, like an origin story of of the Joker. Um, so, I mean, I think there will be several, like, transitions uh, as to what we see. The Any sort of backlash, which I haven't seen much, but just a little here and there. But um, it, it just, to me, like, I hearken back to the Captain Marvel thing where it's like, her suit's green, shouldn't be green. And it's like, there, like, just uh, hold, your, hold your tongue for just a little bit uh, because – as we now know, that's not the final incarnation of her suit. So I think we'll have much of the same thing with this. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I think it looks awesome. Uh, I actually like the little eyebrows. I think it's interesting. Um, I, I think it looks great. I think he looks very, um, like, uh, crazy, <laughs> for lack of uh, any sort of uh, uh, better uh, synonym for the word. Um but, yeah, I mean, I'm so excited for this movie. I think I've probably been the most outspokenly supportive uh, person of this film on our panels. Um, like, just from the get-go, I was I was totally down with it. I didn't care that there was two Jokers. I didn't care about anything else. I was like, just give me a really good movie um, and, like, a crime drama set in the 80s with, you know, like a, like a more mob-focused, kind of theme Scorsese on board to produce like all of those elements like to me just coalesced into something that I thought would be super cool um, and I think these images uh, only kind of further excite me and, and built that hype for me even more and especially with certain actors being uh, put upon this project like a Mark Harmon yes. or, or Rock Hero or uh, now the gentleman that was in Batman 
um, the Dark Knight Rises, I mean, I forgot what the actor's name is, but he's going to be Thomas Wayne in it. Like, there's some legit talent within this. And, you know, going, hovering back to, even though he's producing, and that, that could mean a lot of different things, uh, yes. this could have a vibe of Taxi Driver or Kings of Comedy yeah. or even Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all, that's what we want to see. Um, and who knows, uh, the one rumor that all of us were hearing a lot was the cocaine face, you know, kind of Scarface ex-Joker. We don't know what exactly is going to happen in the film, and all this stuff could potentially happen in the film. We don't know if this is, like I said, the final look for the Joker, or this is a fantasy of his. You know, this is going to be a very different movie, uh, you know, the fact that this is a Joker movie and also kind of a realistic take, if you will. I hate using that term, but that's what it seems they're going for. Um, Kanan, what did you think of the look, and what do you think – do you think this is going to be the final version, or is this just what they're showing us, and it's going to change throughout the film? Uh, well, last week when we when we started, you know, uh, the show, uh, they had dropped – just Jared had dropped some photos of uh, just Arthur, who is Joker's – you know, before actually becomes the Joker's alter ego. Um, and some of those scenes were like, uh, you know, were done in amusement mile. And it was just like pretty cool to see him just the way he was acting, you know, to see him actually uh, the super thin Joaquin Phoenix uh, that's gotten like into this role uh, more just about as I guess uh, other than Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger really got into the role but it was just cool to see that. And then we get these awesome videos and images uh, last night of him uh, in full makeup. Now, uh, I've heard that the reason why they did that, they went ahead and Warner Brothers dropped that test screening footage uh, was because they knew that this was going to get out. And this was Warner Brothers' way of saying, hey, we're going to go ahead and proactively put this out there. You know what he could potentially look like in the movie. And then the next day we get the images of him with the, the makeup on. Um, They do shoot films out of order. Uh, So, you know, they're shooting one scene uh, one day uh, and him looking normal. And then the next, you know, they are shooting him terrorizing the subway train and he's got, the the makeup on now I don't know that it will definitely be the final look but I think it looks really good and I I love his uh just his overall expression I mean you can tell he's you know psychotic is an Elseworld type film so I mean we can't go into this thinking that we're going to get the traditional acid bath you know Jared Leto's Joker had the acid bath so we saw that um in Suicide Squad um you know Heath Ledger's Joker was you know more uh, you know, he had the carved up mouth and the the weird backstories, but he painted his face on, and that's how this maybe this Joker is. We don't know, but we have to just go into this thinking that this is an Elseworld type film, and this could be, you know, how he ends up being. I mean, I've heard this isn't the final look, uh, but I, I mean, I'm really loving what I'm seeing. Uh, now I do want to uh, correct one thing. Scorsese was attached to the beginning, but he's no longer attached. Uh, his production assistant took over, so Scorsese's no longer involved with the film. Um, but, you know, I, I'm really liking what I'm seeing. And the pictures we posted 
uh, yesterday have been huge. I mean, a lot of people are like, you know, still on this doesn't need to be made, but a lot of people love it. And I think Joaquin Phoenix is really winning a lot of people over. So I, I think it's a cool look. And I'm look, like I said, I'm looking at this from it being an Elseworld type film. So I'm not out here saying, oh, this is stupid, this is dumb. And there's a lot of people comparing it to Heath Ledger and stuff like that. But you know what? That's a true testament of how great Heath Ledger was as the Joker. If you would want your, you know, if you want to kind of like mimic him in some in some way, uh, we even seen Cameron Monaghan, the way he talks as Joker, uh, or as he the way he talks on Gotham, kind of mimic uh, the the pattern of uh, Heath Ledger. So I mean, to me, that's a tribute. I mean, to how great Heath Ledger was, and I'm sure Joaquin Phoenix isn't trying to mimic him, but you know. So far, I'm really liking what I'm seeing, and if it is the final look, then I think we just need to see the overall movie before we really judge it. That's a good point, Cannon, and I love the fact that you know we we can be very hyped about something, and once again, you can just shoot us in the hearts by telling us that Scorsese doesn't have little to no involvement <laughs> in it. I did not hear that. Oh, I'm, I'm just sorry. kidding. Sorry. You know the facts uh, better than I do, <laughs> but I, if I'm disappointed by that, and it gives me you know, I mean, let's 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 think about this. I like Todd Phillips. I think he's a pretty damn decent director. Um, I mean, he's made The Hangover. Uh, he made War Dogs. You know, and I and I like those movies. Um, outside of that, you know, he's kind of been hit or miss for me, uh, especially his sequels, The Hangover. So I'm still kind of apprehensive. Oh, I loved Old School, but then that's kind of a different beast altogether. So we'll have to see. It looks like, especially from the video that you just gave us. Uh, of, of Joaquin Phoenix with the visual of the Joker video, him in the clown outfit going across his face. It was very stylized, and I like the music. So who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that is – I'm not going to lie that that is, that is somewhat of a bummer. Uh, but either way, I'm just hoping that I, – I, I have a lot of um, – I have high expectations for this, um, even to an extent because it's not involved with the DC extended universe, doesn't have that weighing on it. Uh, it can just act for itself. But at the same time, I'm hoping that this movie is not going to make me want more of a character that seems, or at least Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, uh, that he's not going to be around again. Because obviously that's why he turned down Lex Luthor for DC, and that's why he turned down Doctor Strange for Marvel. Um, before we go on to the next topic, uh, Nick, real quick, do you have any, anything to follow up with? I felt yeah having to talk. Yeah. Uh, well, intuition. I yeah I, I had a question for you guys. Like obviously with what's going on with the um, uh, DCEU, uh, which I'm always I'm just always going to call it the DCEU. I mean I, I called it that for way too long to to change like to not call just it that now. So. Yeah, I, I was never going to do that either, Dane. <laughs> but I do, I do like the cleverness behind it. Um, but uh, no, I, obviously, what's up in the air with um, uh, the DCU with you know the the Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill uh, ongoing situations and all that jazz. Um, like, what would y'all think if if this movie is like super successful and you know they could maybe talk him into doing a couple more movies, like just kind of bookmarking where the DCEU is and kind of jumping off of that. Um, and, you know, you could recast Batman, recast Superman, tie in um, t- uh, uh, the Batman, 
uh, trilogy or movie or what you know whatever into this and have it be more of like an 80s, um, like have it take place just in the 80s. Um, I think that could be interesting. And I think, too, you wouldn't necessarily have to, like, just get rid of everybody. Like, I think you could almost, like, it would be it would be tough, it'd be delicate, but I think maybe you could work it in um, with keeping some of your existing actors who want to be there and want to stay on, but still, like, just kind of having a soft reboot, but you can tie everything in. Um, I don't know, I think that would be interesting, especially considering Wonder Woman takes, uh, Wonder Woman 84 obviously takes place in the 80s, um, and it could be an interesting way to kind of um, uh, soft reboot everything uh, if that's indeed the direction they want to go. What do you think? It'll never, it's never happening. They're not, it's like, they're not going to do that. Joaquin would never have signed on if he was going to be multiple things. He's even said it was it was going to be a one-off, so I just I don't see it happening. Plus, we just got word that they were planning that there was a script turned in uh, for the Joker Harley movie with Leto. So I just I mean I just don't see it. They're they're planning too much stuff, and for them to do that, it would kind of mess up where they're going with the other films. Now I mean if they want to make Matt Reeves Batman, um, an Elseworld type film, or outside the DCU. Uh, then they could maybe introduce his Batman to this Joker. But then again, like I said, that's not going to work because Joaquin's not going to be, uh, he's not going to come back and do it. He's just, I mean, he's, that's just, that's just it. He's just really like a one and done actor. And like Dane said, that's why they couldn't sign him on for Lex. That's why they couldn't sign him, uh, for Dr. Strange. And I think it could be a loss because if this really does turn out to be this big of a movie, you know, I, it's, they went with this actor who's told them this is going to be it. So, I mean, I don't know how much money it would take to bring him back, but I just, I just don't see it. So, I mean, they kind of backed themselves into a corner with it. Well, let me say this, like, uh, like I feel like saying that like he's definitely not going to come back. And the reason that he didn't sign on to the other ones was because, you know, he only wanted to do one picture. I think that's a little bit of speculation. Um, I would say he didn't want to sign on to those because he didn't want to be locked in long term. That doesn't mean that he won't come back. It just means he didn't want to sign a multi-picture deal. So, like, I, I think you could possibly get him back for maybe, like, one other movie or maybe even a couple if, if you know, you weren't like you need to sign for both of these movies, to star in both of these movies at the same time, you know? Um like, I think it's a possibility. I'm not saying there, there's – it may not be. It may totally not be. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think a lot of actors – I mean, I know Ryan Gosling turned down the Joker for the same uh, – this Jared Leto's Joker for the same reason because he didn't want to sign, you know, a multi-film contract. But um, just because you don't sign a multi-film contract doesn't mean you wouldn't possibly do an additional film. Um, but I, I do see what you're saying as far as it being very tricky as far as the possibility of of doing any sort of reboot um, for the DCEU. It's just it, it, it's just like even if you had to do a full-on reboot, it's like as much as I like, you know, Gold Gadot as Wonder Woman and um, several of the other actors and actresses um, that they have cast, it's like I just I struggle to see a – um, like a viable um, DC universe without your two biggest superheroes. You know, it's just it's 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 
painstaking. But anyway, Dane, um, your thoughts. My thoughts on it are I unfortunately have to agree with uh, what Cannon's saying. I, I just don't see something like that happening. There were a lot of rumors with the Flashpoint thing uh, that ended up not really proving itself, uh, especially with the whole Joaquin Phoenix. It seems like I understand what you're saying, and that's a very true point, but it's going to be hard to get him to come back. Then again, movie does well. Money, money, money. Money makes things happen. Um, if I were to be able to set in place and we're about to get really sweaty guys and I know this would never happen, this would never happen, but I brought it up today on the page on Facebook at uh, geek fives nation on Facebook. You can find us and check us out on GV nation for the, uh, you know, all the latest news, uh, you know, our good buddy Kanan, of course, is uh, one of our writers as well as a slew of other people and has links to our blog talk our Instagram, our iTunes, our Facebook, like I said, and our Twitter, Anyways, how to get that plug out of there. We'll be going over that later on, too. But uh, getting back to what I was saying on Facebook, I was talking about a good way to clean it up. Five years to build. Um, that's, that way you can continue your Aquaman. You can continue your Shazam. You can continue your Wonder Woman. You can get your television. Yes, I'm including everything. Uh, you can get your television stuff wrapped up pretty much at that point. Your, your, your online um, – uh, streaming network shows kind of to a certain point, get some character in there. Your Matt Reeves, Batman, whether it's connected, whether it's not connected, going forward, uh, see if we have time of what's happened, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. What I'm trying to say is in the 80s, and it's funny that you said that, um, Nick, uh, there was a big event called Christ on Infinite Earth. Uh, it was uh, written by Marv Wolfman and uh, drawn by the amazing George Perez, um, in which they realized in D.C. they had way too many – universes as a part of this multiverse. So the Anti-Monitor, this Galactus-like villain, came in and was threatening humanity in all the multiple worlds, and they had to go together, if you will, and fight together against this cause. And at at the end of it, as a result, you killed off pretty much every multiverse, and all of them became one. And they picked and choose, going forward with DC, what they could do. And I think that that's the exact same thing that you do with this five years you build you have a christ on infinite earth it's pretty much their infinity war and maybe it would be very hard to do this but if you have the television stuff leading up to this you have the streaming stuff you have all these different avenues leading up to this maybe you could and you have good films uh to begin with good products to begin with after it's 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 your pool of characters to grab from um you know within the story there's the wally trying to and Barry trying to go as fast as they can to go back in time, and Barry ends up uh, dying. You could do that with Grant Gustin Ezra Miller and kill one of them if you'd like to. And also with New 52 concept, with Wally West coming back and being the forgotten Flash, you have that aspect to add to it. Uh, you know, Supergold died within that, and there was two Supermen, the old Superman and the new one. You could reverse that, and, you know, Supergirl could be – Tyler Hoechlin's Superman's the one that dies. You know, there's lots of stuff that they can take from the comic, not go too crazy and cosmic – you know, kind of do like they did with Civil War, you know, an adaptation, just take certain things. And uh, really, at the end of it, just pick who you want. Bat- Matt Reeves' Batman's now a part of the continuity. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is a part of the co- continuity if you want to go there. If if you want to go there, I mean, right now there's three Jokers, so that leaves that door open, too, for Jared Leto or even Cameron Monaghan coming back. There's a lot of stuff you can do that way. I don't think they're going to do it. And it would take a director to the, the caliber of Steven Spielberg to actually get to work. But it could happen. They always talked about it with Flashpoint, which to me did not make a lot of sense. 
Uh, I would love it to happen of them to condense and be able to use some of these established characters. I just think they're going to keep on, you know, trying something and seeing if it sticks against the wall. And if it does trying to pump something into it, uh, even if that means kind of neglecting Superman or even Batman to an extent, if that kind of clears you up on what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I love it. It's real sweaty and it's fucking awesome. Um, the the one thing that uh, I, I guess the, the biggest reason that I had the the notion that I had was because they were um, there were obviously the rumors of them looking at Michael B Jordan um, to play Superman, which of course are just rumors. Like no, I mean, not, but you know, I mean, if there is any bit of truth to that, you would think that would have to either be an Elseworld thing or a total reboot because you're not going to recast uh, Henry Cavill with Michael B. Jordan in the same continuity. Um, so that, that, yeah, I guess that was... It's a, conflicting, it's a conflicting concept because if you're saying that we're going to let Superman take a backseat for Supergirl, but also work recasting Superman, point of, it seems that that is the odd Earth 2's uh, Superman uh, after the, you know, Clark died. So it's kind of like a... Miles Morales style thing, or Steel even. I mean, they could do that with Superman, but yeah, it's it's a weird um, it's a weird rumor that's been going around for sure. Yeah, very much so. But you know, like I said, and maybe it's an, maybe they do an Elseworld thing with it. Maybe that's what they're targeting. Um, I who knows? I mean, who knows if it's even true? So I mean, there's that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, and I agree. It would, it would probably make well as an Elseworld, and actually would be really interesting. Kanan, do you have any closing thoughts before we move on? Uh, no, not really. Nice! All right, Kanan's got nothing to say. <laughs> silent, silent assassin. I like it. Um, I missed it. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to our next category, guys. We had some uh, great announcements uh, from Kevin Feige and uh, Marvel. Apparently, with the Disney streaming app coming out, uh, one of the things they're planning on doing is some one-off uh, style storylines, uh, basically a mini-series, uh, very similar to what the comics do, uh, in which they'll be taking characters, a part of the MCU, and putting them into eight to ten episodes of some type of mini-series. The first two being Loki, who's dead, so I'm assuming this would be in the past. Spoiler warning, but you should have fucking watched that movie by now. Um, <laughs> and also... Scarlet Witch, which has potential to not only show us Pietro again, Quicksilver, but also maybe kind of, you know, add ingredients and elements of mutants and X-Men throughout her story. Um, Nick, what do you, how do you feel about this one-off concept on the Disney platform underneath the MCU? Getting to see characters maybe even in the future like Hawkeye or maybe even Deadpool or something like that or Daredevil uh, with Charlie Cox's Daredevil. How do you feel about that? Uh, do you think that it will do well and bring people to the Disney streaming network? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I think it's brilliant as far as marketing because if you want to get people to your streaming service, the best way to do that is to bring characters from your most successful um, uh Endeavor, which is obviously the MCU. So if you can take characters from the MCU that you would not otherwise get to see it lead their own movie, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely worth pursuing. Um, like, so th- just in that 
in and of itself, I think Disney, again, just usually nine times out of ten gets it and knows exactly what they're doing. They're really, really smart in that regard. Um, as far as what I hope to see, as far as what they explore with these two characters, um, with Loki, um, I, you know, I would... I, I'm not sure what I would want to see with Loki. I feel like we have, uh, like, enough uh, of Loki. I think his arc finished off, like, very well. Um, you know, I mean, he's obviously kind of got that struggle between um, his mischievous side and his, his um, nature versus his nurture and the, you know, the person that he wants to be because of how he was raised. Um, and I think that that ended very well. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what I would want to see from him. I think it would definitely be a prequel, but you never know. I mean, um, that nobody really stays dead in the, in the MCU. Um, so, uh, there's, at least there's been a history of that. So maybe there's something there. Um, but no, I mean, as far as, you know, what, what, um, what I would like to see with Scarlet Witch though, um, I think you could explore a lot of interesting concepts with her. I think especially if she ends up, um, if she ends up leaving the uh, the Avengers after uh, Avengers Four, um, I think that could be especially if like if Vision um, stays dead uh, and she's lost her brother, like she's lost the the only really two people that she's loved in the world, people loosely, obviously. Um, and I think exploring her character in, in that state uh, would be very interesting. And I think I, I'm totally in agreement with you, Dane. I think it would be an excellent way um, to kind of tie in uh, the X-Men. I know you had the idea of kind of like the reverse House of M, where, you know, she, instead yep. of saying no more mutants, she says mutants, and basically they they spring into existence. Um, I mean, who knows if that's the way that Disney's going to bring them in, but I think that could definitely work. Um, I definitely think it would be uh, a very interesting concept. And we don't know, like, how far down the road this will be. Maybe mutants will already be there, and maybe we will discover that Magneto is her father, and that would be um, a really cool character arc to follow um, you know, for her as far as she's lost her brother, she's lost her lover, um, she finds out she has a father, um, but, you know, I, I, does she see the world the same way he does? I don't think she would. Um, so I, that could be a very interesting concept. So I'm very excited to see what they do with the Scarlet Witch thing. Um, I also, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with Clint uh, in the uh, final... Um, well, I guess the bookend, if you will, uh, to not the final Avengers movie, but the bookend to the first three phases of Marvel with Avengers 4. Um, but if he does survive, I would also love to see uh, a story about him. I mean, he's been vocal about um, the fact that he would be willing to do like a Netflix show, that he would be interested in doing that. Um, I would love to see the exploration of, of his character uh, losing his family um, and then you know, pretty much forming the West Coast Avengers, um, which they could, you know, pick and choose who they wanted to include. But, I mean, Wonder Man, um, I think, would be great. I, I think Nathan Fillion would totally be on board. I mean, you wouldn't have to pick him, but I think he would be 
like a great choice for it, and there's been um, little uh, little Easter eggs um, from the Guardians movies uh, as far as him being that character. Um, you know, uh, there's obviously um, oh man, I forget her name. Um, not Cheetah, that's DC, but the other um, the T- other cat. T- Tiger. I'm sorry. Yes. Tigra. Yeah, Tigra. Um, I mean, that that would be a a good character to put in there. So, like, lesser-known characters um, that you could put in there. Maybe you could throw in War Machine. Um, You know, I mean, there's definitely, uh, I think, some some legs to that that they could pursue. Um, It would be very interesting. Uh, And then you could obviously bring in um, uh, uh, Mockingbird. Uh, Mockingbird? Mockingjay? Is it Mockingbird? Mockingbird. Um, sorry. Uh, Mockingbird, and then... Uh, uh, but, yeah, you could bring her in uh, and then obviously serve as a love interest uh, to Clint. Um, now, obviously, she there's already her character on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know if you would bring in that actress or if you just recast her or what, or if that continuity would keep or, you know, what there. Um, but, I mean, you could figure that out as you go. But that would be, like my number one like thing that I would want to see um, like with this notion, I've been on that train for a while. Um, but yeah, like as far as the concepts in general, I'm all on board uh, and I'm very excited to see what they do with Scarlet Witch. Yeah. I don't think they have a lot to lose in all of this uh, guys, because it seems like they can do start off with this, uh, try other characters and it's only meant to be a one-off, but if they decide to do a second part or another storyline with that set character, it's based on which one resonates or resonates the most with the fans and the viewers of the streaming network. So, you know, you start off with Loki and, and Scarlet Witch, but you said a lot of good choices that we could definitely see something. I mean, Vision's another one. It'd probably have to be a prequel. Who knows? Hawkeye, uh, She-Hulk, Tigress, uh, War Machine. Um, and even, uh, you know, certain other people. Uh, I have no clue if they would do it because the budget would have to be big. But they can't make movies with Hulk. Who's saying they can't do a one-off Netflix, or not Netflix, but Disney streaming service of a storyline, even possibly when they show him, you know, uh, Hulk versus Wolverine. Uh, be able to do that, it would get viewers. They're trying to make a lot of money on the streaming network. Netflix makes more money in a year than Disney does with its films. That's the whole point of this. Have the revenue to be able to provide for those miniseries, and they're popular, and they bring people to the streaming app. Sky's the limit. Ghost Rider, Blade, this is the perfect place to do it. And if you do a second story, it doesn't have to be a continuation. If it can be a completely new story, maybe some team-ups, especially we've always wanted to see, like, Man-Thing and Blade and Werewolf by Night and, and Ghost Rider and the same type of thing, you can do that. And if it works, it works. Also, uh, you know, well, actually I'll go into that second part because it involves both the Netflix characters and, you know, even Deadpool. But we'll go we'll, – we'll talk about that next. But Kanan, how do you feel about this announcement and where uh, – like, how much potential do you see uh, with MCU being able to explore its library of characters, including binary characters, or normally, uh, you know, not the primary character within the plot, like a Hawkeye, like a Scarlet Witch? Um, I, I, well, I mean, like you said, in the way they kind of presented it, the the Hawkeye and uh, – or not Hawkeye, but uh, the Loki and Scarlet Witch would kind of be a limited series. 
So I think you would see um, you would see that run its course, and that would probably be it. But I do think this is potential for them to be able to bring in a lot of other characters that we might not see uh, on the big screen, or maybe characters that that are on the big screen that are not going to get their own feature film. Um, so I think this would, could open the door for, like you said, She-Hulk. Um, and I think that's huge because honestly, if they don't take advantage of this and bring in She-Hulk, then like, I'm like wondering like, what are you doing Disney? Why are, I mean, what's your priorities over there? Um, <laughs> but then you, but now, and this is, I know a lot of people are going to, you know, probably be upset at this, but I think this is going to see Disney pull back, not the shows that are already on Netflix, but they're going to, you know, we've always talked about Netflix developing a Moon Knight uh, show. I think now you're going to probably see that uh, uh, happen in the um, the Disney streaming. And since Kevin Feige's in charge of all that, you know, now this is going to be directly tied. Now, I know a lot of people say, oh, but Daredevil and all these other shows are tied to it. Okay, they may throw references in there, but Kevin Feige has no control over Marvel TV. Now he will have full carte blanche, hands-on with these shows that are on the Disney streaming app, which means these shows will be directly tied to the MCU. So you can have Moon Knight directly tied in. You can have references to him in the movie. You could even have him show up in a film now uh, and not just be limited to television. I think... uh, you know, you can have Ghost Rider make an appearance or even do his own show. I think there's so much potential with this, um, and it's going to give them a chance to bring in a lot of other people that they probably necessarily wouldn't do a movie for, but if something if they get the response that they want, then they could bring them in. Because let's face it, Daredevil has gotten really good responses, and they've not even attempted to try to even bring him in whatsoever uh, to the film. Now that Feige has control of this streaming app, uh, these shows, I mean, if Moon Knight is huge, like I said, you could see him show up in a future film. Uh, if you don't want Adam Warlock to potentially be a film, you could start him off on this, and he could end up in a film. Nova, Namor, any of these people you know you can think of all now have the potential to get their start on the streaming app and eventually make it into the show's and it's just going to be based on what the fans, you know, if they show a lot of love, then, you know, then we could see it. But, I mean, this is huge. This is something I really hope DC kind of adopts. Um, you know, that you, you know, I know we have the Titan show and stuff like that, but I would really like to be able to see some of these shows directly tie into the DCU. And, you know, you might see Britton Thwaites uh, Robin actually show up in the Matt Reeves Batman or show up in a future film down the road. I mean, I think that would be really cool. I, I, I have a question though. Um, I, cause I heard, uh, not maybe like a year ago, um, somewhere in that, in that time frame, that none of like all of the, the streaming service stuff on, on the Disney streaming service would be like PG 13 based. Like they're, they're not going to put any, any content on there that would be like very mature content. So like, I don't know if, if that is the case, if it's not the case, you know, I mean, obviously they could change their minds. Um, but I wonder like how that would affect, um, characters like say Blade or Ghost Rider or Moon Knight. And Dan, I know you mentioned Deadpool. 
Um, so I, I, I don't know, like, I'm not sure that that, like, obviously in a perfect world, um, that wouldn't matter and they would just have some kind of lock on, you know, their streaming service to, you know, uh, kind of like Netflix does, like they have a, like a kid's section where, you know, kids can go and click on their little section and it, will, it, it filters out anything that wouldn't be appropriate for them. Um, but I, I from at least from what I've heard in the past, it doesn't sound like that's what Disney wants to do. Um, what are Dane? I, I know you said you were going to talk about Deadpool um, uh, and a couple other things. Um, so maybe go on to yeah. that. But with the thought of you know what Disney has said in the past, the reason why I think that's more speculation um, is because of what Disney's purchasing from Fox. You know, we all know that they're not just trying to get X-Men and right. Fantastic Four back. You get legal teams, and Fox were to try to sell those assets to someone else. They can get involved and get those backs, you know, within the next couple of years, period. They're trying sure. to get a huge yeah. live film, and the films right. themselves, some of them are rated R. Your Aliens movies, your Predator movies, they're yeah. going to be a crap ton streaming-wise that are. But it is Disney, so I understand what you're saying. And it kind of jumps back to my uh, what I was going to basically ask you guys. Uh, going to also talking about what what Kanan was saying, you know, the 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 thing was Kevin Feige had the movies and he had to, you know, talk to Pew Mutter, who's the head of Marvel, in order to do stuff. Uh, Jeff Loeb was in, was obviously involved with all the television stuff on ABC and in Netflix. Still is. Well, he went to Alan Horn and said, I don't want to I don't want to have to question or answer this guy. He's cut costs, you know, and I'm sick of doing this. I want to be able to talk to you and Bob Iger and Alan Horton made that be so that he's, in, you know, in charge of movies and then Schumacher and Jeff Loeb run the television stuff. Uh, so that's why there's not been a connection between the Netflix and the movies, more so than Netflix making references to that. But when it comes down to it, this is Disney over everything. So Disney's going to want their characters off Netflix streaming service to come to their streaming service. But I don't think they're going to go that hard R and that, at least for what Daredevil and Punisher, probably their two most arguably uh, biggest products on Netflix. Um, you know, with, with uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage, you could do Heroes for Hire. Uh, Jessica Jones, alias, is still available, uh, or you can add her to Heroes for Hire within that whole entire thing. Um, Punisher is good by itself. Daredevil is great by itself. If this were to happen, as long as they were to keep the same actors, which I think they would, because I think Kevin Feige probably likes these series to an extent. I don't think he hates them because he's not in control of them. They're, they're very well done. If they just didn't really reference much of the past, and did it more comic-like where the story was from start to finish, and it was just like a one-off, like we keep on saying. But there were more PG-13, including someone like the Punisher, whether or not he'd be thrown in the mix with Daredevil, still played by John Bernthal, still played by Charlie Cox, but they were much more PG-13-ish. Um, would you guys have a problem with that? And also someone like Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, could you deal with you know, running on gag that when he, when he cusses, it's you know bleeped and he can he's aware of it and it kind of adds to that type of dynamic because I can see why people would not want to do that whole entire thing but if it means coming and to be a part of the MCU and you realize that with the comics I love Marvel Max I love Marvel Knights not all of it was so ridiculously over the top gore 
You know, you didn't have to have a scene where Frank Castle beats Jigsaw's face in, you know, to make it. And I love that. I, I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But you don't necessarily need that. And if you can have these cinematic one-offs and they keep the same actors, they don't really talk too much about the past. And they make a Heroes for Hire one with the same actors playing them. And they make a Daredevil one. And they even potentially make a, a Deadpool one um, or Wolverine versus Hulk one. Same thing if they're popular, if, if there's a reason to go there. Would you guys still be interested in these characters without them being on Netflix, without Deadpool, which still made close to $800 million <laughs> for the mm. sequel, um, but knowing Disney, would you be okay with that? Or would you really want them to reevaluate everything and keep what they have, you know, even if it might be a little bit too rated at R for the product? Uh, Kanan, what do you think first? Uh, I mean, I think you, I think you pretty much nailed it on the head. I mean, they didn't just, they're not just buying Fox for the rights uh, to the X Men and Fantastic Four. I mean, if they wanted that, they could have probably dropped ten or fifteen million, uh, ten or fifteen billion, rather than uh, the seventy three, seventy five, whatever it was they're shelling out. They want that library. Um, so Disney's going to have some R rated type films on their streaming service, I would imagine, unless they plan on selling off uh, those properties to other studios. Um, I don't know what their contract is like with Netflix for the time being. Uh, I know that the Netflix has talked about there being, a, uh, you know, we'll get into it a little bit later, about, you know, there being multiple seasons to come of Daredevil. Um, but if they were to pull them, I think you could just have it, you know, broken up. You could have Marvel Studios uh, handle all of the Marvel films and then Disney handle, um, you know, their properties. And then that way they can, you know, they can get away with that kind of more rated R type, uh, feature. Um, I just, I, for Disney to want to, you know, I don't think you can shy away from it because it works. You can't really have a PG 13 Punisher. Um, you can't really have a PG 13 daredevil. They're just, they're but it very, works the they live in a very dark world. Do what now? I said, but it works in the comics, though. I mean, I think to an extent because the we've Punisher been shown how awesome. Pretty graphic. Not all of them. Yeah, I but mean, the Punisher like comics. Said, what? Well, I mean, I guess if you cut down on the custom, but I mean, you know, there's going to be violence. So I mean, I guess it just depends on how they deal with it. But I think you're gonna. I think you would lose a lot of fans that way. I think a lot of people like that product the way it is. Um. You know, especially Daredevil and Punisher, which are Netflix's two uh, bigger shows. I mean, I think you lose. I think you'll lose some of that. Um, and it, I guess you know, it really depends on how they handle Deadpool. You know, going forward, um, I, I think it could work though. I don't think Disney necessarily has to cut out um, the rated R. I mean, you don't necessarily have to have sex or or rape type scenes and stuff. But I mean, you can get away with killing and you know, cussing and stuff like that. I mean. Uh, like I said, you just keep it under that brand. You know, Marvel Studios, they do their own thing, They and Disney does their own. That way they're kind of separated. It's not necessarily Disney putting out the, the little logo before each, you know, movie. All you see is the Marvel Studios logo, and I don't think people look at it like that. I don't think people will say, oh, I can't go to Disneyland because they showed uh, Daredevil stab somebody in the eye socket or something. I mean, I don't think Disney has anything to worry about. I, I do agree with you that, and Nick, he brings up a lot of good points. 
about this. Uh, with the fan base, though, I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. would they rather no more Netflix stuff in more of a PG-13 format? And even, you know, even the, even if it's – we're saying that the potential is that it could have a rated R show within this network, given the fact of what type of library you're going to see on there, um, could they still do characters like Daredevil, like Ghost Rider, like Blade, like Punisher, and like Deadpool on much more of a PG-13, hard PG-13 level? Uh, I think it's possible with everything except for Deadpool. I think Deadpool, you just leave Deadpool in his own universe and you keep making Deadpool movies like uh, or X-Force movies. Um, I mean, I don't think there's necessarily anything involved in the Deadpool movies that they that Marvel is going to want to immediately use um, for anything um, else that they would be working on. Like, I don't think Cable's going to come into play into anything Marvel plans for the X-Men um, in the immediate future. Um, Domino is is definitely not a character that, you know, they, they need to incorporate immediately. Um, so, I mean, I think you just, you just keep on keeping on with your Deadpool stuff. Um, I, I mean, obviously I would, I, I hope that we keep getting Deadpool movies because, um, you know, uh, the, the first one was great. The second one, um, not quite as funny as the first one, but I thought it was actually probably like, at least story wise, like it, it, it was, it was a perfect sequel because it was, you know, it's kind of like John Wick to John Wick 2. Like, it's just up the ante. Um, just more action, more um, kind of uh, quirkiness and craziness and what have you. Um, and, and, like, just a more grandiose story. So, um, I think uh, I think they did a really good job with that. And I would just kind of continue on with that um, and leave that alone just, like, in its own little pocket. Um, but as far as your, your thoughts on your other stuff, I think you could get away with it um, with anything that's quote unquote like traditionally graphically violent um i mean you can always tone down the violence um it's just like what we said with venom like we were expecting like a uh, an r rating for venom and you know once we heard it was pg-13 um you know it, it was kind of the the conundrum of well would you prefer to see like a hard r rated venom um that just will always exist by itself or would you prefer to have a PG-13 Venom that could maybe someday pull in Spider-Man and exist in the same universe? Like, I think all of us picked option B there. Um, now, if they never pull in Spider-Man, then it's disappointing. But, you know, um, nevertheless, I mean, it can work. I mean, if you can do a PG-13 Venom, and granted, we haven't seen it yet. We don't know what we're going to be getting. But, uh, I mean, I just kind of think about, like, The Dark Knight. Um, obviously... Uh, like very, uh, very dark, um, uh, you know, very, very grounded in, in reality, um, similar to something like Punisher. Um, like, I mean, I think you could do something like that and, and get by with it. There's a couple others that I would feel like it would be a little harder. Um, but, like, even something like Blade, I think you could, I think you could get by with it. I really do. Like, I mean, when you think of, uh, Wesley Snipes played, obviously, like, you know, you're not going to get by with, like, cutting dudes in half and shit. Um, but, I mean, you could just tone that down a, a little bit, and I think you would get by with it. My biggest thing is I, I, I don't necessarily think that 
a TV 14, it, it, it like, and I don't know if they would have the, the quote unquote, um, traditional ratings on a streaming service. Cause I don't think I've ever seen, um, uh, a, a parental rating on one of the Netflix series. Maybe I've just missed it. Um, but obviously most of their shows seem to be more of like a mature content, um, less than like a TV 14, um, type rating. Um, but I, I wonder if you could get by with a little bit more violence um, in a TV 14 television streaming service type thing. Um, and, and by a little more violence, I just mean like, you know, I think it was uh, like Wolverine, uh, like when we finally saw Logan and we saw him like stab people, like you could actually like see the blood um, come out. So like while you don't need like, you know, the scene where, you know, he stabs the dude directly in the head, um, you know, like, I, I would like to see, like, I mean, if you if you plunge three claws into somebody and pull them out, there's going to be blood that comes out. Now, you don't have to, like, keep, you don't have to, when you shoot it, you don't have to, like, linger on that. Um, you can make it, like, a quick cut. I mean, I think little things like that, um, I think you do need. So it's just a combination. Like you, you, you could, as long as they do it very tactfully, I think you, you could get away with it. Um, but, you know, I, I would say like, take, for example, um, when, when Tony Stark gets stabbed, um, you didn't really see like the blood, like, you know, a bunch of blood there. Um, but like the noise or like yep. when Loki gets his neck, gets his neck snapped, like, like, you heard that. Like, that was, it was like, damn, dude. Like, Disney just went there. Like, you, if you could get by with that level of violence just increased a little bit for your Daredevil, Blade, um, Punisher-type stuff, I think you could get away with it. Like I said, my biggest thing is I don't think you could have a running gag that goes throughout a whole television series um, of Deadpool. Um, like, I, I think it would get annoying. I think you could... You could do it in like a guest appearance of Deadpool on something else, um, where he shows up, and you know you you get the bleep, and like no one else like acknowledges it except for Daredevil, and he's like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Um, and it just like keeps bleeping him out. Um, but I, I don't think you could necessarily get by with that on a, 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 a like eight hour long. Um, season of a television show. I think it would get a, li- a little bit um, tiresome. So that would be my only one that I would say now. So what you're saying is uh, no fountains of blood and raves while there is a vampire orgy probably happening anytime soon or any type of yeah, think- prison scene. There's a shank going around getting killing 50 dudes and blood all over Punisher. Right. But we might see someone like Loki get choked out to death as long as they don't show blood. All right, I can deal with yeah, that. Yeah, and my biggest thing would Deadpool. Nick, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I think my biggest thing with Deadpool is my fear of Disney with Deadpool. I don't know if they, if they'll just say screw it uh, because even though it makes a lot of money, it's just not something that they would normally do. I'm wondering if a streaming network would be the avenue to be able to go with a character like that, whatever you know, with X Force or rated R show. I'm just wondering if Disney's really going to want to do that. Uh, you know, to tarnish their their look, if you will. And I guess that's kind of what we're harpening back to with their streaming right. service itself and also the maturity level of these shows. But I don't know. we right. gotta, we got to go I, on. I will, We've got two topics. Let me, We've gone let me just say this real quick, Dane, 
Before we move on, let me just say this real quick. X Force, I think maybe you could do an X Force show because in that in that sense, you could have Deadpool be more of a side character. Um, now, would people adjust to seeing him as a side character? I think so, because I think he could be the co- comic relief of any sort of X-Force show. And in that sense, you, I think you can, if he's not the sole focus of the show, then I think you can get by a little bit more with um, the setup that you gave. And the thing is, sound effects, like you were saying, and certain visions that you don't see, you know, whether it be a knife going to someone's stomach, like Tony Stark, uh, still add an element of violence, and you don't have to exploit the amount of blood or anything like that. But let's continue on with stuff uh, related with Netflix. Uh, Jeff Loeb was talking about stuff uh, involving Daredevil, which the new season comes October 12th. He said season four, five, and six are all possible for Daredevil. Then when asked about Defenders season two and Iron Fist season three, he said basically he's catering towards the fans and what they would like to see. Uh, very fucking vague statements. If you ask me from Jeff Loeb, what do you expect? Uh, really, is this possible? I mean, I understand the popularity of, of everything, well, Daredevil at least, uh, but given the fact that kind of like Fox saying, yeah, we're going to keep on doing X-Men movies, that's got to be coming to a stop. Yeah. Netflix eventually is going to lose the characters off their streaming network to cater towards Disney's streaming network. So how do you feel about uh, the, the words of Jeff Loeb uh, involving Daredevil having future seasons and then also possibly future seasons for Defenders and also Iron Fist? Uh, Kanan, what do you think? Uh I got to tell Juwan to quit making the show because he doesn't give the right information. Daredevil season three doesn't debut until October the 19th. So unfortunately we'll have to wait an additional week. (laughs) But God, I told, I told Juwan before two days ago that that wasn't the right date, but he doesn't listen to anybody. But anyways, uh, uh, like I said, I don't know how long they have the contract with, I mean, so apparently, you know, Netflix is going to have these shows, uh, you know, for for some time. Uh, I, I think that he, as far I'll, I'll start with Defenders first. I don't think we're going to get another uh, season of Defenders unless just something uh, huge happens and there's a demand for it. I think the first season just didn't really uh, do as well as they hoped. And they kind of just feel like, okay, we don't really have to throw them back together. We'll just focus on the standalone shows. Um, So I think he's leaving the door open, but I don't think there's any real possibility. Uh, Iron Fist, I know a lot of people said uh, this season was a lot better. Still, critically, it was still uh, panned. Like, critics really didn't like uh, season two. Um, But I think there is potential, and I think we'll probably see at least one more season. Uh, I think... I don't know um, as far as uh, – I think they're already uh, Jessica Jones Season 3, so we're definitely getting that. And I would assume we'll get one of at least um, Luke Cage. I, I think that Daredevil is still their bread and butter, and I think they will definitely continue uh, you know, to progress with, with that show. So, I mean, I don't know if maybe this is like they have to continue making them or if they don't, then they lose the rights, and then Disney would be free to to make the shows on their streaming service. I'm not sure if that's something um, that they have in the in the contract clause. If that's the case, then I mean, you could see them just pumping them out just to keep them on their uh, on their streaming service. But of course, it may not be uh, 
you know, profitable for Netflix to continue to do that. I think they would see the profit with Daredevil. Um, but looking forward to Daredevil Season 3. Um, unfortunately, we can't talk about it, but once we're able to, um, we'll definitely, uh, you know, review it and let everybody know um, how it is. But so far, for what I've seen, it looks great, and uh, I hope we do get uh, three more seasons of it. Yeah, yeah. None of us have a Doc Brown to take us into the fucking future to be able to watch it, so of course we can't review it. Uh, yeah. But either way. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Nick, you know, everything that me and Kanan have said about this, it, it's kind of like what I said before, though. Do you think this is, with, with what's been given outside of Daredevil, outside of The Punisher, with some lackluster seasons of certain shows, whether me or you personally liked Jessica Jones season one or two or Luke Cage season one or two or, or so forth, them saying, hey, we're going to, like Jeff Loeb, Pew Mutter, trying to pump out as much as they can until the inevitable end of Marvel's deal with Netflix, is it like X-Men in Fox in the sense that the quality might diminish as a result of them trying to get more you know, seasons done? Uh, I feel personally that that could be a problem uh, going into it. And I don't see another Defenders season. And I honestly could see them doing a Heroes for Hire and just combining Luke Cage and Iron Fist going forward on Netflix. What do you say? Um, Yeah, I mean, I I say, well, a couple things. One, I think, uh, I mean, that that could always be a problem. I mean, if you have... um, if you have somebody whose who's back is against the wall to create content as fast as possible, like, you need to take your time. I mean, we saw the first season of Iron Fist really suffer because they were very much rushed to, to get that um, done. So, I mean, I think that should definitely be a priority is to give each show enough time. And honestly, like, I don't think Disney should, should – uh, you know, cut off its nose to spite its face. Like, if if you if you, you you should want all of your content to be good, no matter what little bickering rivalries you may have. Um, and you know, like, I, I again, I don't know the contract situation that's going on, but I I would tend to agree with you, Dane. Eventually, these shows will end, um, and um, you know. Uh, We'll see anything new going to the Disney uh, streaming service, anything that hasn't been set up with any sort of characters that are currently existing in this in this universe. Um, but as far as like where where they should go going forward, I definitely think um, see, I mean obviously season three of Daredevil's a go. Um, you know, Kane's in the know, so I would assume that he's correct that uh, Jessica Jones season three is going to happen. Uh, I mean, I honestly think uh, the way they set up Luke Cage and Iron Fist at the end of their season two, they need to get season threes. Um, and then from there, yeah, I would do a Heroes for Hire, Daughters of the Dragons, um, and then maybe keep Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Punisher um, and have those be your five shows um, going forward. Because, um, I mean, I think that would be something to kind of keep it fresh um, and, you know, to um, yeah, basically, like, uh, make it so that we don't get bored, we don't get stagnant. Um, because I definitely think their two best shows, or three best shows, rather, are singular shows, um, are, uh, well, their two best are 
Daredevil and Punisher, although we've only got one season of Punisher. Um, but my my third, as far as just my personal favorite, would, would be Jessica Jones. I, I really like the idea of putting uh, Cheo in charge of Luke Cage and Iron Fist together because I, I just think that he Woo! really, really gets Danny Rand. Um, and, like, having him do a Heroes for Hire just seems like it makes a whole lot of sense. And then as far as, you know, doing a, a Daughters of the Dragon show, I think that just makes a lot of sense as far as where Iron Fist season two ended and they could further explore that in season three. Um, but yeah, I mean, eventually it's going to end and, and anything thereafter is going to go to the Disney streaming service. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I love what they've done for the most part with these shows. I love everything they've set up, even despite some of my um, sort of nitpicky, uh, well, maybe not nitpicky, but just my, my general dislike for the first season of Iron Fist and first season of Defenders. Um, but I think if you if you set everything up right, you could do another season of Defenders. Will they do that? I don't know. I would probably rather just see some mild crossover here and there um, and, and see Heroes for Hire and Daughter of the Dragons. And, you know, maybe it all culminates into... Um, uh, a, a final season where everyone comes together um, and like a, a defender season two is like kind of the, the end game of all of that. But, um, but we'll see, we'll see where it goes. I, I agree. And, you know, I guess it's all about time, you know, time will tell. <laughs> That's all we really got, you know, um, tell as old as time. If I could turn back to We'll figure it out based on how much fucking time they have. I'm just wondering what goes on also with Hulu, uh, with the Runaways. But then again, I have no clue how that's done well for that streaming network. But either way, it's crazy that within the next couple of years with X-Men, and this kind of goes into our next subject, with X-Men and Fantastic Four coming home and all these you know, elements on the streaming service of Netflix that eventually – could potentially be these characters on their streaming platform in Disney that Kevin Feige, even partially with Spider-Man, is going to have his hand on every fucking Marvel character besides Namor. Weird. Anyways, let's keep on going with just that as we talk about the next subject in which this is a very broad statement. Um, I heard similar thing. There's probably a little bit to talk about, but basically Kevin Feige said – he is going to oversee the development of X-Men and Fantastic Four within the MCU. That's like saying that Bill Belichick's going to be the coach for the fucking Patriots this next season. Um, <laughs> either, we'll, 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 we'll humor this uh, subject and just go, go forward with it. Juwan, how do you feel about this? Juwan joined I don't know why Juwan. I said Juwan Kanan. <laughs> I meant to say Nick. <laughs> I was like, did Juwan show up or what? Like, <laughs> nope, Juwan I am just an idiot. Anyway. All right, Kaden, what do you think about the statement from Kevin Feige? God damn it! <laughs> if I could turn my time on. Um, I mean, this statement's pretty much like the is water wet statement. Of course, he's going to oversee it. They'll be part of. Uh, Marvel Studios. I mean, I mean, I don't know why he would even who who asked him that, or why would he even come out and say that? Of course, he's going to have a hand in overseeing all that. I mean, uh, they're they're going to be under his umbrella. So, I mean, I don't think anybody thought that uh, he wouldn't be. Um, 
you know, that's the direction that they're going to be going in the next uh, couple of years once this all gets settled. And, uh, you know, they they can't really technically use any characters right now, but, I mean, that probably isn't stopping them from drawing up ideas. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody thought that he wouldn't uh, have a hand in it. So I think it's uh, uh, going to be the next phase, uh, the cosmic phase, will definitely be able to introduce uh, the Fantastic Four, and then uh, we'll see where they go with the X-Men. Yeah, you know, maybe they thought that that Kevin Feige was going to walk out to the podium, and if he saw Shadow, it would be six more weeks of that, no X-Men and fucking Fantastic Four. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell this whole there. But either way, I, I agree with you. Um, I mean, this is like a duh-style thing, like I said it was. But, you know, like I said, I think that there will be some implements uh, at the end of this phase, phase four, with Fantastic Four, and you're going to see a whole breakdown of a lot of those characters, and especially the X-Men within Phase 5. That gives them this phase to mess around with different characters and then set up the next phase with characters that people know more so with the Fantastic Four and X-Men characters. So just really cool that Kevin Feige, like I said, he's basically Galactus, if you think about it. He might be the one above all, but then again, that probably is Stanley. So maybe I should shut the fuck up. He's a living tribunal. <laughs> there are so many damn references and geek stuff. He's Eternity. You guys need to look at MCU uh, stuff on on uh, encyclopedias if you know what I'm talking about. Either way, Nick, what do you think about this statement? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a no brainer. Um, but nevertheless, I mean it's still it's like kind of one of those check in things. You know, it's like oh yeah, like we have this coming. Uh, so in that sense, it just it it just gets, I mean it gets everyone excited. We've we've this has by far been the, you know the big thing that has gotten all of us geeks super hyped about this merger, um, and the fact that you know obviously he's gonna he's gonna have the involvement um, and in, in, in going to um, really you know have a have a hands on approach and 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 the fact that he's going to be able to mold all of these characters that are coming in into this, this existing um, universe. It's just really exciting. Like, I mean, we've all been really excited for it since the rumor first dropped that Disney was um, perhaps going to, uh, to buy 20th century Fox. So um, it just, it just kind of, it seems like kind of a little reminder, like, Hey, like this is this yes you can don't like pinch yourself but like yeah this is still happening um, so uh, yeah I mean it's just it's super awesome um, I I will say this though um, Dane what do you think about because um, I know you had the idea a while ago um, for uh, Fantastic Four instead of being a, a a set of films to to be more of like a a Star Trek esque type television series um the fact with disney streaming service and and loki and and scarlet witch uh shows coming to fruition on that platform um i mean would do you think that that would be a possibility instead of doing like major motion pictures like you could you could have fantastic four still obviously be connected into that universe but like i i you know kind of disregarded your idea at the time because we didn't have all of the information and all of uh, in the, in the landscape was different. But now that 
you know, they have their own streaming service and they have the potential to really connect things and they don't have to operate on like a, I think at the time, you know, we were saying um, it to be like an ABC type series, which I, you know, wouldn't think would necessarily work. But, you know, if you could do it on the Disney streaming service, that would be super fucking cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, you could have it be um, more of like a Star Trek-esque thing because that's kind of more what Fantastic Four are. They're not, um, I mean, I, I would I would say they're not as much, um, uh, they're more grounded in exploration um, as opposed to uh, a lot of the other characters. So I think that type of thing could work out really well. And I think um, the setup that they now have uh, could very much benefit from um, your idea from, I think, maybe a year or so ago. Yeah, my my thing is that I think it's still a great idea. If you look at the track record with the films, I understand Fox has produced every incarnation, including the shitty 90s one, the two shitties, and the aughts, and crap one uh, from Josh Trank recently. So since it has a tainted track record, you do start it off as some type of sci-fi show, a la Star Galactica, a la you know, Lost in Space, Star Trek, that whole entire exploration-style show. Um, I've always, I mean, movie, I've loved the idea of them doing it in the 60s. You know, they don't have to do that, but they've been doing time-traveling ones with Captain Marvel and, and so on and so on. Uh, but right. I think that would be a great idea. The thing that you need to do then is at least have Doctor Doom, if he gets shown up in this type of miniseries on the streaming network, he's still got to show up in the MCU as a formidable villain. you still got to see the yeah. Fantastic Four have some type of interaction with the MCU, more so than most characters do, uh, like, you know, uh, Reed Richards talking. And, you know, that I think that is important. Um, you could definitely get the funding for it uh, to be able to make it really good. Um, if you look at the new um, Lost in Space on Netflix series, it's pretty incredible what they're able to do, and they had a huge budget for it. So I'm completely down for that. Silver Surfer and Galactus are another one. Do a Silver Surfer movie. You might introduce Galactus within this, but explore more so. But to say that the Fantastic Four are a commodity that needs films, I don't necessarily think that. I think that a lot of fans, you know, might like a series better, and this would be a good opportunity to take someone like a John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, you know, that whole entire setup that we said, and make an awesome fucking show out of it. Maybe with uh, John Krasinski leading the way directing-wise or showrunning. I mean, he did a really good job at Quiet Place. I don't need, I don't know if he should handle something that large, but maybe he could potentially direct episodes. There's a lot of good ways to do it, but I think that if you do a show for Fantastic Four – it might serve itself better than a movie can as long as you keep some of those big villains as a part of the MCU outside of that show. Yeah, and I think I think too like you wouldn't ne- they wouldn't necessarily have to be mutually exclusive. Like you could you could do um like a an ongoing series that kind of fills in the gaps um of of what the Fantastic 4 does and is doing um and still have a Fantastic 4 movie maybe a Fantastic Four trilogy. Um, but, like, let's say, like, you know, usually Marvel has their kind of system of, you know, they give each character their their own trilogies. But maybe with Fantastic Four, you have a lot more to explore than just a trilogy will allow you. So maybe you introduce them in a television show, have it set in the 60s during the space race, um, and then at the end of that, they get sucked into a quantum realm, and then, you know, they pop out, and then, yeah, there's your start for their movie. Um, and you try to set it up where maybe you don't necessarily have to have seen the show to see the movie. 
Um, but you would see, um, you'd obviously have more to go on if you had seen the show. Um, and then you can have the, the kind of the, the shows um, be more of the Fantastic Four doing their own thing, and the movies can be more of how they tie into the greater MCU. Um, and, of course, you know, they're, they're top-notch villains, as you mentioned, um, could exist in both realms, but uh, in the movies they would also be, you know, namely how they tie into the, the greater MCU. I think there's a ton of potential there. Um, and I think they could potentially do that with um, either the X-Men or various factions of the X-Men um, as well, um, because I think that would be a similar thing as far as, you know, I mean, you could do endless number of X-Men movies, um, but maybe your better bet would be to do, um, to s- have your X-Men movies serve as the, um, again, as it ties into the greater MCU, and then you could have an X-Men series that is more more detached from everything else. Because, um, I mean, I, I just think it would be hard to do, like, you know, nine X-Men movies. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe, they, maybe they could pull that off. Um, we have no idea how many years this is going to go on. I mean, I, I would think probably at least another 15 or 20 um, but no, I mean, I just think, I think there's a lot of potential, um, given, you know, what Feige has talked about with, uh, the, the streaming service and what we now know about, um, the, the Loki and Scarlet Witch one-offs. And I think it's, it's, it's all about Kevin Feige exploring different character and that is Fantastic Four, the exploration. So within that whole entire realm of thinking, you know, we have to think about exploring different characters before we get to the Fantastic Four. And we did that when we got a new trailer, a little teaser trailer, if you will, for Captain Marvel. <laughs> so me and uh, I, I believe Cannon weren't on last week's show. I don't know exactly. I wasn't on. So we don't remember. I wasn't on either. They talked about it. But I want to fucking talk about it because I thought it was a damn good trailer. So I will say this before I pass it to one of you guys about it. I liked it. It showed us enough. I love the 90s look to everything. I love how great the special effects on Nick Fury make him look like 90s Nick Fury, basically, or 90s uh, <laughs> Samuel Jackson. Um, and uh, I love the look. Guys, guess what? She didn't just have the green fucking costume that's actually in the comics. You got your way. <laughs> I also love the look of her having her badass, you know, fucking blonde mohawk coming out of the red headdress thing like they do in the comics. I thought it looked awesome. I'm looking forward to this movie. It didn't show me too much, so I'm not going to act like it did, but it showed me enough for a teaser. Nick, what did you think about this teaser? Yeah, it hit the beats. It, like, it gave you the setup. It was like, hey, here's this character. Um, you know, Here's uh, some various actors that are going to be in it. Oh, shit, there's Ronan. Oh, shit, there's uh, Jumon Hensu. Uh, we know them. They were in Guardians. Uh, so it like it gave you enough to like get you excited. Um, I, I mean, I loved her falling into a blockbuster. Um, definitely gave it the right setting. Um, it's like, hey, yeah, this is a '90s movie. Um, was that a little that was like, Do they make money anymore? That, Why did they? <laughs> uh, well, I, I just thought it was a perfect reference. I thought like, boom, like right at the beginning, boom, falls through into a blockbuster, like bam, like yes, '90s movie, cool, '90s setting rather. Um, 
And uh, I loved her punching a scroll grandma in the face. That was fucking awesome. Like, uh, that was probably my favorite part of the trailer. Um, uh, so, like, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought there was enough little bits of humor in there, and maybe it's just my dark, twisted sense of humor, but her punching a grandma in the face made me laugh uh, a lot. Um, and, uh, obviously it's a scroll. I mean, uh, for anybody, any of us who are in the know, like, I mean, we knew that as soon as it happened. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm very excited for it. Um, I liked, I liked the aspect of the teaser. I thought it gave you like the blueprints of what the movie would be. Um, and it, like you said, Dane, it, it didn't, it didn't give you too much, it gave you just enough. I expect the next trailer to be a little more comedic. This was very not a lot of comedy um, in it whatsoever. Um, it's just kind of kind of gave you the the blueprints of what's going on in this movie, which is kind of to be expected because you know we're introducing a new character um, in into the MCU. So that seems like the right way to do it as far as what you're going to um, get out of this character and, and what you should expect uh, from this movie. So I think I think it was fine. Like I mean, I don't I, I don't think it was you know the greatest trailer ever, but I mean I certainly think it it did what it needed to do, um, and it just got me a little further hyped. Man, Kanan, we learn different things on every show. You know, sometimes it's Juwan who hates women uh, for no reason, and now we find out that <laughs> Nick likes to spend his time. Uh, watching old ladies get the shit knocked out of them. Uh, you know, I guess that's the <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's so, promoting anyway, elderly uh, abuse. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like, you know, you'd think that it's not the 90s anymore, Nick. Jesus. All right. Um, <laughs> I also love seeing Ronan uh, back and, uh, you know, on his way to Earth. I love seeing the team of people that they had. I love seeing uh, Marvell, a.k.a. Jude Law, and I hope that there's a lot more to him because he's a huge superhero in the MCU and should not be forgotten or an afterthought uh, within the whole entire plot. I'm not Kanan, sure he's Marvell, of- honestly. But What's that? Sorry, go ahead. I'm not sure he's Marvell. What did you say? I don't, no, I don't necessarily... I, has that been confirmed? I don't know. I don't think it's been confirmed yes, yet. He's and I... Mar- yes, he's Marvell. Okay. Yes, right. he's, it's confirmed. confirmed. Thank you. Well, if he turns out not to be Marvel, uh, then I'm I'm gonna chastise both of you. But okay. All right. If, if he doesn't turn out to be Marvel, you can you can paint my house. How about that? Does that sound equal? I don't want to. No, I don't want to paint your house. Fuck you. <laughs> it's paint my house. I wouldn't want you to do that in the first place. Kaden, no, I'm not a professional painter. It would look like shit, and I would put in a lot of work to make your house look like shit. This is a lose-lose situation. <laughs> anyway, so Kanan, uh, go ahead, sir. <laughs> uh, so my opinion on the trailer is uh, absolutely – oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, so my opinion on the trailer was I absolutely hated it because Brie Larson didn't smile at all. We need our superheroes to smile. No, I'm just joking. That was like something people were bitching about on Twitter was that she didn't smile any, uh, and nobody like got onto her because uh, she didn't smile. But 
No, well, people the trailer, know that uh, you're not supposed to tell women they should smile more. <laughs> like I thought that was common knowledge at this point. Anyway, go ahead, David. Sorry. Uh, but no, I mean, as far as the trailer goes, uh, I you know I agree with what Dane said. It gives you, um, it, it sets it up. It gives you a little bit, um, you know, a little bit about her backstory. Like you in the trailer, you know, you can kind of see, um a little bit of her origin because this movie is not going to be an origin story. Like when it starts out, she's going to already be Cap, uh, Captain Marvel. Um, but this will be, uh, you know, it's going to kind of show it just to some degree. Uh, I did like that. They did not, they did show um, a brief glimpse of the scrolls, but they didn't show Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, I don't think they did. Cause I watched it a few times and I don't remember seeing him. So they've kind of kept him, uh, out of this trailer, which is which is good. Uh, they showed you know brief glimpses of Jude Law's Captain Marvel. Uh, sorry, Nick, that's who he is. Um, and then we get a glimpse of like you know those really those cool money shots, uh, like Dane was talking about with her in the helmet with the the mohawk. Um, but I, I do I really love the throwback to the '90s, especially with Samuel Jackson. Uh, if one thing Marvel has done right if you don't think Marvel's done anything right, which they've done a lot of stuff right. But one thing they've done right is they've nailed the de-aging process. They've gotten so good at uh, taking older characters and making them look younger. Um, Even Samuel L. Jackson posted on Instagram how impressed he was by it. Uh, So, you know, this is kind of cool. This is not only a backstory about Captain Marvel, uh, but we also get to kind of see how – Nick Fury became the Nick Fury we know and love uh, in the MCU, you know, how he loses his eye, why he's always on edge uh, when it comes to invasions and stuff like that. So um, the the trailer um, was tabbed as a full trailer, not really a teaser. Uh, I think it was more of a teaser, though. Uh, but no, I'm definitely looking forward to the next. And, uh, you know, I think this is going to be a really good movie to set up um, Avengers 4. All right, all right. So let me ask you a question, Kanan. Um, would you ever tell Haley Steinfeld to smile more? <laughs> I don't think you have to tell her to smile more because I think she smiles enough. But if I saw Haley Steinfeld, oh, I do would you tell now? her. So she smiles enough tell, for you then. <laughs> I would tell Haley Steinfeld that I think you're an okay actress. I just don't think you're that great, unlike some people who think you're the best actress to ever walk this earth. <laughs> no, Meryl Streep. I don't think. I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't but, think yeah, any of us Meryl said she was Street. Meryl Streep. <laughs> I don't think any of us. Why does everybody? Why do? Why do people compare every actress to Meryl Streep? I like. Meryl no one compares Street anybody to Meryl Streep. Meryl, you yes, can't compare do. anyone everybody to Meryl Streep. No, oh like I mean, gosh. that's everybody like says she is no Meryl Streep because no one will ever be Meryl Streep. That's the way it goes. It's like no one will ever not be everybody thinks not everybody thinks Meryl Streep is the best actress though. Well, well there are stupid. some people right, who are wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> will Eternals replace Guardians Three? And of course, uh, Eternals—the announcement that they found their director, or, or maybe it's Guardians Three. Found. God dang it, Juwan, with these notes. There's a new director. No, it's Eternals. Yeah, Eternals found its uh, director. What's that? 
it's Kanan the eternal. Up the eternal found. Yet, the, the Eternals found its director. Right. Okay. So it's Chloe Zao. She's done a movie yep. called The Rider, I believe. Not a lot of experience, um, but still, could the Eternals possibly, because of everything that's happened, and it seems like they might not be doing much after the third one, kind of replace as that cosmic group? I think this is a kind of a dumb notion. Because Eternals are much more serious, at least in the comic books, uh, than the Guardians are. And I think you could still have both of them. I don't think that they're going to slowly perish if their director is gone with James Wan or potentially Batista leaves the role of they, – they'll just recast them. They'll get a new director. Uh, if, they, if they think it's a worthy enough you know, a commodity to keep on going forward, they're going to keep on making that movie go forward. They're not going to stop. Um, that's just how the – that's just the nature of the beast. But either way. Eternals. They have the new new director, Nick, and the possibility that maybe they could replace the Guardians as that cosmic group of misfits, if you will. What do you think about that, and uh, are you excited about the Eternals? Um, I don't think it's they're going to replace them as as the the cosmic thing. I think they're just going to um, fill in the the date that Guardians three was eventually going to come out. Um, and in that sense. Um, I, I would say that makes sense. I mean, if if you're if you're you know kind of putting Guardians three on the back burner a little bit because of obviously all all of the um, kind of shit that's going on with James Gunn, um, like sure, like yeah, I mean, I, I love the idea of them doing an Eternals movie. Um, it just it, it it just broadens the universe and gives you even more to go on. Um, obviously we've had them teased in the original Guardians. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't expect it to be a Guardians-esque movie. Um, I mean, I mean, it could be, I mean, who knows? Cause I mean, um, you know, we've seen very different iterations, uh, brought forth as far as, uh, comic to screen translation. So it could be, that wouldn't be necessarily the concept that I would go forward with. Um, but I think it could definitely replace it as far as, um, the the release date as far as the 2020 uh, one of those 2020 films that, that comes out um, I mean that makes perfect sense to me as far as like a, a relatively unknown director um, Disney's got a really good track record with that I mean uh, namely the Rousseau's um, you know I I have faith in them as far as picking the right person for the job um, they've, they've done a great job with it for the most part up until now. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm very excited for the movie. I think it'll be, um, I, it, like I said, I think it'll broaden the universe. Um, I think it'll be cool to see um, like these, these, you know, far distant aspects of how things set up. Um, kind of reminds me of like the, the one saving grace to the whole alien versus predator franchise was, the, the flashback scene of um, the aliens, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, the the Yaucha, the otherwise known as the Predators, um, uh, basically uh, controlling like the Aztec Empire, I think it was, and and using uh, basically being gods to the Aztecs and like um, uh, using them as vessels to uh, create aliens so that they could hunt them. Um, 
Like that 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 little like two minute scene was like the only redeeming quality of like that whole movie. Um, but it it was so cool to me because it broadened uh, the mythos, if you will, and it set up so much that you could do that. Of course, they never followed up with. Um, but like I feel like Eternals could kind of do that in a whole movie and give you like so much that you could work with as far as filling in the gaps and going in between and doing all this cool stuff. Um, I'm I'm very excited to see what they pull off with this because um, I think it just has a ton of potential as far as both the cosmic galaxy and as far as just the greater MCU and how, um, you know, we could have all of these various stories that um, pretty much happen in between the current MCU, which takes place over a very brief period of time in the grand scheme of things, and then this huge period of time between the Eternals and between, let's say, Captain America, um, the first Avenger, which is the you know, furthest back in the timeline that things go as of now. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm really excited for it. I think it could be awesome. I'm hoping that the only thing they have in common with the Guardians, Kanan, is that they have, like, Icarus came from Earth, but it was, like, back in the 40s, and he had, like, one of those old-school radios that has, like, the giant metal fucking speaker coming off it, and then he plays it, and there's, like, the jitterbug and and, and, a, and, the, and, a, and the Carlton and, and all the array of old, like, ragtime and shit. Uh, all jokes aside, uh, what did you think about uh, all this? Lost my train of thought. Uh, well, I mean, it's – yeah, I mean, it's definitely not going to be a – an actual replacement for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but I think they are pushing this uh, ahead because of the delay in Guardians while they um, sort out getting uh, another director. Uh, I also think that they're, you know, kind of going this route and kind of pushing this because uh, DC announced, you know, that they were doing the New Gods, which if you know about the Eternals and the New Gods, the, the Eternals are kind of a... Uh, I don't want to say a ripoff because they're both from Jack Kirby, but they're kind of a copy of New Gods. Jack Kirby started New Gods in DC. Uh, He left, went to Marvel, and uh, started the Eternals. So they're both, you know, Jack Kirby creations. Uh, But, you know, uh, DC named Ava DuVernay, which is a much more well-known director, um, to direct that film. So I can kind of see where... Uh, Marvel's going hiring uh, a female director for this film, uh, but she is relatively unknown. Uh, I had also heard that Travis Knight was in the running for the Eternals movie. Uh, you know, he's the director for Bumblebee, uh, so that would have been pretty interesting because I've heard Bumblebee's getting a, a lot of good praise. So that would have been kind of cool to see him, you know, tackle that film. But uh, no, I think it's. Uh, I think they're just going to push this ahead of schedule, uh, kind of get this, uh, you, you know, on the, you know, kind of on the front burner, kind of get it going a lot faster. Uh, so I guess we'll see now if this kind of pushes DC to get uh, New Gods going faster as well. Oh, let's hope they try to speed the fuck out of that to the front. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. It should be – it should be a, Wonderful to see the Eternals and uh, everything pop up from that. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing one of Jack Kirby's uh, creations come to life again. I think that's pretty damn cool. Weird team. You can do a lot with Icarus. Uh, Icarus, in a lot of ways, he's kind of very – he's very similar to, like, a Marvel's uh, Superman. Uh, Before they had Sentry, before they had uh, Gladiator, I believe, before they had 
you know, Hype, uh, Hyperion, they had, you know, Icarus from the Eternals. So I hope that they incorporate him. Um, he's not necessarily a replacement for Thor, but he could be someone that fills that void if Chris Hemsworth wants to take a break. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, let's move on to our next two subjects, more involved in the lands of, uh, well, somewhat in the lands of DC. Uh, first of all, we got a shit ton of casting news for uh, a movie called Birds of Prey coming out. Um, so basically, from what I know, um, Margot Robbie, who plays Harley Quinn, she's very big up on this project. I'm pretty sure she's one of the producers on this, uh, or at least funding it. Uh, she's trying out with different groups of actresses to play the roles of Black Canary, of of Huntress, of uh, call Renee Montoya, who becomes The Question, um, and also I know that involved in this project is going to be Cassandra Cain. Apparently taking a break from Barbara Gordon. There's still rumors of a movie, and there's also uh, rumors of a television show uh, in the future with Babs. So we'll have to wait and see if there's some type of Oracle interaction within that. But there's been so many fucking different actors that have been announced. Uh, recently, uh, the names that we've heard is Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who would be up for The Huntress, uh, Journey Smollett-Bell, who apparently they're, they're trying to go for a person of color for the role of Black Canary. My biggest thing with that is I have no problem whoever, as long as it's not Rihanna and as long as they have blonde hair. Um, I love the idea of Lady Gaga, but if they want her for something else, that was another name thrown out there. Sophia Butella, which since she's Hispanic, I would be you know, under the impression she might not be for Renee Montoya. Uh, Margaret uh, Coley, don't really know a lot about her. And Gugu Mabatha Roth, who is also apparently up for the role of Black Canary. Um, Kanan, I know you have way more insight on all this, so I'm going to put it to you and give us some more names and information about the Birds of Prey uh, as far as casting uh, and what you're hearing from your sources will be the, the time period we're going to hear some names come out. Well, the names that uh, the Hollywood Reporter mentioned um, were, you know, were none of the names that I had been hearing, uh, you know, previously. Uh, the names that I had been hearing previously were, uh, you know, musicians because they were kind of like names that were ba- – and they may be people that tested. Uh, they just weren't released in that uh, um, in that report. So those names were, uh, like you mentioned, Rihanna. There was also Rita Ora was mentioned. And I also heard uh, uh, Kea – or uh, I guess that's how you pronounce her name – Kea Scodario or Kaya Scodario. Uh, she was uh, been known, she's known for the uh, she was in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Uh, she's been in a couple of other things, uh, but she was kind of up for the role for Huntress. Uh, I'd heard Isaac Gonzalez for uh, potentially either the role of uh, Canary or Renee Montoya, but none of those names, none of the names that were uh, mentioned, were in that report whatsoever. Uh, Lady Gaga wasn't mentioned. Um, but uh, there have been other outlets to say that she was a contender. Apparently, she's turned it down and uh, doesn't look like she's gonna, you know, she's gonna be in in the running at all. Uh, they uh, also heard that some of the names that were mentioned, like uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she possibly could also be in the uh, the running for Canary, not just necessarily um, Huntress. So they may go. They may actually go. Uh, they may actually flip it. 
Huntress might be someone that's a person of color. Canary could be somebody that's white. I mean, just I guess it's just going to be who tests well and who uh, you know who they ultimately decide on uh, with Margot's blessing. Uh, I'm hearing that we should know uh, within uh, the next couple of weeks, and this was as of Monday, so we might have something uh, next week. Which, because I think we're getting towards the end of September, and I heard we definitely would have something uh, by the end of September, um, early October. So I, so I would say we're definitely going to have uh, our Birds of Prey cast uh, this week. May not be Black Mask, but we should know who Huntress, Canary, and uh, Renee Montoya will be. And they are still looking for a, a young Asian actress uh, to play Cassandra Kane. They're definitely going to go that uh, with an Asian actress. Oh, they're going with an Asian actress. Okay, that's good. Uh, that, that's something that yes. was kind of worrisome a little bit to me, and I'm glad they're going that direction. It makes sense. She can be your little murder girl. She can be pretty much your X-23 of this franchise, and that's awesome. I love Cassandra Cain. Um, personally to me, before I get your your input on this, Nick, uh, if I were to pick from these actor, actresses, um, you know, I – I would want Lady Gaga as Black Canary. I think that's awesome. You know, they can kind of play like they did in uh, Just League Unlimited, where Black Canary is kind of like going to whatever uh, villain's headquarters and being like a lounge singer for the whole entire thing, except for she's deadly and she has her whole entire thing. Although the the, the person of color, my biggest thing is as long I, I like the look. I don't know her much from anything, but uh, Gugu. It seems like, you know, she's done blonde hair before, so if she were to do that, I think she would be great. She would also be great for her if they decided to do instead of – Huntress is normally Italian. I don't think that's a necessity. So that you could do that for her, um, you know, and make her, you know, you know change her race basically. Uh, Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead, I'm a huge fan of hers because of Scott Pilgrim, Cloverfield, um, 23 or whatever that movie was. She could play either one of those roles. I love Sophia Patella. I have for a long time. I think she's perfect for uh, the the cop that is Renee Montoya, the no-nonsense Gotham cop that eventually becomes a question. Um, I think that that would be uh, the route I would go. Um, and also, I mean, it's funny because if I would do this exactly the way I'd want it, Mary Beth would be playing with, with her red hair like she has had sometimes in the movies. She would be Barbara Gordon, Oracle. And then you would have Lady Gaga as Black Canary, uh, Gugu as Huntress, and then have uh, Sophia Butella as as uh, Renee Montoya. Figure out an Asian actress, obviously, to play. Uh, I was about to say X twenty three, but Cassandra Kane, aka Batgirl. Uh, Nick, what do you think about all this casting? And are you excited about this movie? Uh, yeah, I'm excited. <clears throat> I'm excited about the movie. Um, as far as the casting, I don't really know a lot of names. Uh, Sophia Batella sounds familiar. I'm not like sure exactly what I've seen her in. Um, as far as uh, the main actress out of all of these that I know, it's definitely uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, as you mentioned, Cloverfield Lane. Um, and she was fucking fantastic in season three of Fargo. Um, just amazing. Her like performance, her character like was just awesome in that in that series um and i like that was i mean i i loved her in cloverfield lane but seeing her in that i was like oh my god like whole different level um so 
Like, I would love for her to be involved in this. That would give me so much hype um, for uh, everything uh, about this movie. Um, as far as her role, I, I mean, she's so versatile. I could see her playing, um, like you said, I could I could see her playing uh, any any one of like three roles in 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 the ones you mentioned, whether it be Barbara Gordon, whether it be um, Huntress, or, or whether it be um, Black Canary. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I would I would just love to see her involvement in the movie. That would be awesome. Um, as far as the other actresses, I, I'm not overly familiar with them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, DC has a really good track record with casting. Um, they don't have the best track record with, um, you know, the, the, their scripts or, or, you know, how they translate to screen, um, kind of hit or miss there. Um, but as far as casting, like they're very on point with that. Um, so, I mean, I have, I have ultimate faith that, um, that aspect, um, that they have been very, very good in, um, pretty much since the beginning is going to continue to be good. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, with this infusion of, of, um, kind of shake up that they've had recently and an infusion of, uh, different writers and things like that, I'm hoping that, uh, that's going to mean the scripts are going to, uh, come up to par with the uh, the casting and acting that they've had all all along. So um, um, I'm very optimistic to see where they're going. Yeah, just to uh, Sophia Patella, the movies that you probably know her from, she had the uh, she was in Kingsman, the first one, and she had like blades coming out of her legs. She was the assassin sent from Samuel L. Jackson. She was in Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. She played the mummy, and she was an atomic blonde. Uh, she's been in a bunch of different shit. Who is she in the comic book? Uh, she's the one who makes out with uh, Charlie Theron. She's the uh, oh nice yeah oh yeah yeah no I I definitely remember that character like yeah that was a yeah that was a really uh, really good performance I very much enjoyed that character kind of like this this spy who was in over her head you know whole thing like yeah that was um, yeah I definitely remember her in that that was very good. Um. Yeah, but it's uh, I'm actually just now looking her up and trying to find out information. Apparently, she's uh, French and Algerian, so maybe she's actually not Hispanic, and I should shut up because I think I was wrong. <laughs> so, she's also someone I could look at and see potential in either Huntress or Black Canary. Uh, as far as who's going to play her name on Toya, maybe that's something they got to look into with Mary Elizabeth. I really hope, and I, I have no idea if this is going to happen. They have so many characters that are juggling in this. But maybe there is a certain thing that's protecting all of them. Tech things keep on happening throughout the whole entire movie, and at the end of it we find out it's Barbara Gordon as Oracle uh, trying to protect the you know, group that's now the Birds of Prey, very similar to the comics. Uh, and it would be a nice little nod. And then you can do Batgirl in the television series they're planning on doing, on whatever platform that is. Uh, who knows? Uh, we'll have, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see, and uh, I'll have to go by the seat of my pants when Cannon gives me information and get all excited, and then uh, we'll have to wait. And that's how it is. <laughs> Let's move on to our last subject, guys. Uh, so it's now um, more rumors, even though we've heard the exact same thing, uh, that Henry Cavill will be replacing Daniel Craig after this next James Bond movie, taking over the series, Woo! which I think we 
if they're not going to do Idris Elba, this is a really good actor to choose for the role. So I'm going to first ask you, you know, if that does come into fruition, if, if you're excited about that, um, and then we'll go from there. Of something that I think it kind of has to do with involving the man playing a little character called Superman. So first off, Kanan, how do you feel about him replacing Daniel Craig going on uh, for the James Bond franchise? Uh, I mean, I think it would be huge for his career. I, I think that if they cannot get the deal worked out with Warner Brothers and he, he either Warner Brothers officially says, okay, we're done and we're not bringing you back to Superman, or if Henry says, you know what, guys, I, I, you know, this isn't going to work out. I'm going my separate way, and he leaves, you know, whatever happens, then I think this would be a huge franchise to pick up on. Uh, now, I don't think he can do both. Uh, I think he would rather play uh, Superman. I think that's what he's always wanted to do. Uh, but I think Henry would be the type of guy that could sign on for multiple roles. So I think you could see him do three, four, maybe even five movies as James Bond if that's something they wanted to do. He's still uh, you know, relatively young. I think he's only like 33, 34 years old. Uh, so he definitely, um, you know, if they did, you know, did one every three years, he could still, um, you know, you know, pump those out. And I think he fits the role. I think he auditioned um, in, to some degree for the Bond role in Man from Uncle. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to get another Man from Uncle movie. Uh, so we just have to enjoy the time that we had uh, him uh, in that role. I think he's matured and gotten a lot better as an actor, even since that role. Uh, I thought he was great in uh, Mission Impossible, even though, uh, spoiler alert, he does play the villain uh, of the film. Um, but no, I mean, this would be huge. He he does have a mustache. Uh, it's uh, it's quite nice, and it definitely fits his character. Um, unfortunately, uh, it did not fit his other character, uh, you know, in Justice League, and that's why we got the face gate. But... Uh, no, I think this would be huge. I hope it does. I hope it is true. Uh, and if that's, like I said, if he doesn't play Superman anymore, then I hope they do jump on it and uh, we see him take over that franchise. Now, Nick, we have a little bit of time, and I definitely want to get to the second half of the question. We've talked about this at length. Um, are you excited if this is the case of Henry Cavill Golden playing James Bond after Daniel Craig? Yeah. I'm super fucking pumped. I mean, we've talked about this before. I think all of us picked uh, Cavill as our um, obvious replacement if Idris Elba indeed wasn't going to um, uh, take up the role. So, yeah, I'm super pumped for that. And I don't subscribe to the notion that he can't do both. Um, and mainly because Bond films only come out once every, like, three or four years. Like, they're not, they're not like, it's not like you see a Bond film every year, every two years even, um, there's, there's a good bit of space in between most Bond films. Um, and you know what, like there's a, apparently, uh, a good bit of space in between Superman films. Um, so I don't see why you couldn't do both. Um, honestly, I, I don't think, um, the only reason why I see he couldn't do both is because it would limit the movies he could do in between those movies. But I don't see any any way that he couldn't do both of those movies and still have the opportunity for like every two, well maybe like every three years to do an occasional movie that doesn't involve those. 
Um, now, would he want to do that? I don't know. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know. I think he definitely could could make it work. I think uh, I think both studios could make it work. Um, I, I I don't know. I but I would be 100% on board for him to do uh, for him to be Bond. Um, I think he would be a great choice. I would love to see him portray like a pre um, MI6 Bond um, who is a naval officer because that's what he was before he became a double O agent. Um, so I'd love to see like that story um, uh, explored and then subsequent double O missions from there. Um, I think it'd be a great way to kind of do a reboot to the franchise. Um, obviously Bond is kind of uh, weird. Like they don't, they don't try to cater too much to continuity. Um, we have new bonds, new M's, new Q's, new money pennies all the time. Um, so, you know, I mean, obviously you don't have to worry too much about that as far as what they've set up. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to see him play Bond. I think he'd be the, honestly, he would be my first choice. I think he'd be the perfect choice. Um, I think he has all of the, the right aspects, mannerisms, uh, like, um, charisma, everything. I think I think he'd be great, and I think he'd be a slightly less intense Bond than Daniel Craig. Um, which you know, when you get a new Bond, you don't want to just copy the old Bond. You want it to be, you want each person to play their own Bond. Um, and I think he would honestly be more of a Sean Connery. Um, I, I could see him taking a lot from Sean Connery, um, which I think would be um, very intriguing and very interesting. Wow, that was a lot. All right, uh, but uh, going into it, like you guys are both saying, um, you know, pertaining to the whole Superman thing, uh, I'm going to pass it to both of you after I sum it up real quick, and then after you're done with your answer, be brief, we got a little bit less than six minutes left, uh, say goodbye to the guys, and I'll close everything out. But, you know, we don't know if DC's pressuring him out, if this is something with a, a money thing, with him asking for more and demanding a movie, which kind of has right for. Uh, we don't know exactly what's shaping up. We know that he's making The Witcher, and that could be multiple series. That's going to take a lot away from his schedule. And these Bond films, even if they're at three years apart, you do Superman movies every so often, they could coincide and go you know, around the same time filming-wise. Do we see more potential that Henry Cavill might step away from Superman if there is a definite announcement that he will be playing James Bond? Kanan, you first, and uh, after you're done with your answer, say goodbye to everyone. Sure. Uh, I, I think I don't know that he has the work mentality like The Rock to where he can just do 15 projects at the same time. So I, I do think that something like the Bond probably would be a replacement for Superman. I don't think he's out. I think that there's still a chance they can get this worked out. I do think that Superman will continue to be his first choice. Um but, you know, like I said, if not, then this would be something, re- you know, really good to fall back on. Uh, but I do think in the end, I think they'll get this worked out, hopefully, and uh, he'll continue to be Superman. So uh, that's uh, my comments on that. And I uh, hope everybody has a good night and uh, look forward to more su- exciting stuff this week. Always exciting. Nick, what do you think about that? And say goodbye to the good people. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I just think it depends on what the the DC uh, EU wants to do with Superman. Um, if they don't want to have him be like a huge involvement, um, I think it could work out. I think 
um, he could he could juggle you know both of those projects. Um, but I mean, it just it, it all depends, and of course, there's the the contract negotiations that go on. So, um, but I I do think it's within the realm of possibility that he could do both, um, and I would like to see him do both because I think that would be great uh, for all franchises considered. Um, uh, as far as um, my sign out, uh, be sure to check out Full Court Press. We're coming up uh, either tomorrow or Tuesday uh, around eight o'clock. We'll figure that out. We'll drop it. We'll let you know. Um, we're always in flux. That's that's how we do FCP. So, uh, but we'll be dropping an episode this week. We got a lot to talk about. Um, so be sure to check that out. Yeah, and if you want to hear my thoughts about the whole Henry Cavill thing, since I wasn't on last week, check out my Dane rants on the Facebook page. Just search it, <laughs> and uh, it's entitled "Fuck UDC." So that's all we got for tonight, guys. Maybe The Rock is going to play Superman. Maybe that's all what this all means, that eventually Dwayne Johnson will grow back his hair and be the best fucking Superman ever. Probably not going to happen. Either way, check out Wrestling Geeks Alliance on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We had a new episode. I was on vacation for the last two weeks, so we had a new episode dropped yesterday. Definitely check it out. We uh, reviewed um, the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And uh, always, for the latest in geek news, doesn't matter if it's video games, movies, television, uh, sports, even with basketball and wrestling. If you geek out to it, we are the ones that broadcast it. GVNation.com. You can find all of our stuff for our broadcasts on Blog Talk and iTunes, a bunch of news uh, from various writers, our YouTube station from various uh, YouTube people, as well as our Twitter, our Instagram, and of course, Geek Vibes Nation on Facebook. Join the conversation. You guys have been great, and I've had a great time talking to you. Uh, of course, uh, uh, kudos and a, and a hello to Juwan and Joel who couldn't make it. Fuck you guys. I'm just kidding. I love you. And uh, that's all I got, really. <laughs> And even if Nick hates grandmothers, and even if Kanan hates Haley Seinfeld, and even if Jawan hates women, we'll still be there with the best in geekdom. You guys, peace out, and let the Geek Fives be with you. <laughs> hey. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards.
Americans. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.